Updates on 2020 Pro Bowl voting, hot topics surrounding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers entering the bye week. And I dive a little bit deeper into a conversation that's going around social media, not just from Buccaneers fans, but also from some media members, national and local. All coming up on this bye week Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Bucks Nation, to today's episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to help you get ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi, Made for football watching. I am your host of today's episode, David Harrison. James Jarko has this episode off. You can find James and I on Twitter at dharrison82 and at jyarko underscore bucks. Both of us are writers for SB Nation, part of bucksnation.com, covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Find everything there at the website and on Twitter at bucks underscore nation. Of course, this show, the Locked on Bucks podcast, is on Twitter at Locked on Bucks. Today's episode is usually the day in the week where we take our first look at the next Buccaneers opponent, but that next opponent is the Minnesota Vikings, and it's almost two weeks away from now. It's two NFL weeks away from now. As we are discussing this on December 2nd, the Buccaneers do not play again until December 13th, but they will do so at home and most likely will be bringing out their My Cleats, My Cause custom creations in that week as the NFL gets that campaign going. This week, the NFL reporting there's going to be a record-setting number of players participating this season. Of course, after the My Cause, My Cleats campaign is over, a lot of those items, the the custom cleats that are being worn, some of the gloves and some other items will be auctioned off by the NFL, and all of those proceeds will go to charity. That's what's going on in the league right now. However, something that's coming up, well, something that usually comes up at the end of the year is the Pro Bowl. There will be no Pro Bowl game. However, there's still Pro Bowl voting as some of those stats, some of those accolades are used, uh, especially in the end of careers to try to support or maybe dissuade people from, from voting certain players into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the Athletics Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat writer Greg Amon shared some updates on his Twitter timeline on Tuesday on how Buccaneers fans or how Buccaneers players are doing rather in the voting as social media voting opened up on Tuesday afternoon. And Amon shared that quarterback Tom Brady is ranked fourth among NFC quarterbacks behind Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, and then sixth overall behind Patrick Mahomes and the Bills' Josh Allen. On the surface, you're a little bit surprised because you know a lot of Patriots fans while they're upset that he's not in New England anymore, they're sad that he's not a Patriot anymore, they still kind of followed him to Tampa as far as being a fan of the quarterback and wanting to see him succeed. So you would figure he'd get a little bit more votes just from that. And then the fact that, of course, you would expect Buccaneers fans to be voting their own quarterback in. But, hey, a lot of disgruntled Buccaneers fans out there these days maybe still ringing the bell feeling like uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a mistake. Moving on from Jameis Winston bringing in Tom Brady. Moving on to the running back situation, Amon tweeted that Ronald Jones is third among NFC running backs behind the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, and the Saints, Alvin Kamara. Sixth overall behind also Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, and James Robinson. And again, that's something that's going to make a little bit of sense because some of those running backs, Dalvin Cook, uh, specifically Alvin Kamara, James Robinson, ahead, or Derrick Henry, rather, ahead of uh, Rojo in NFL rushing. And then Josh Jacobs, kind of a little bit more of a popular name, um, has been kind of carrying that RB1 mantle for his team for, for a little bit longer than Ronald Jones has but more time for Ronald Jones to kind of make up ground there. And if if uh, Bruce Arians' comments ring true at all, you know, in the, in the future that he believes Ronald Jones should be a 20-touch uh, game running back. Uh, moving on to wide receivers, 
Neither Mike Evans or Chris Godwin landed in the top 10 right now in Pro Bowl fan balloting. So Buccaneers fans, if you want to see Mike Evans or Chris Godwin on the Pro Bowl list, you can't see him play in the Pro Bowl this year. But if you want to see him on that list anyway, get a little bit of clout, a little bit more national respect then get to voting again, uh, social media voting opening on Tuesday. Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski ranks second among NFC tight ends. I think you're seeing a little bit more of the name recognition. Maybe the Patriots fans kind of standing up for Gronk there. And then, of course, Bucks fans also going and doing that. And look, Gronk has been uh, on an upward trend, whereas some Buccaneers, the, the Buccaneers as a whole have been on a downward trend. But some Buccaneers specifically have also been on a downward trend. Uh, he's trailing only Detroit Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson and is fifth overall. So three AFC Tight ends coming up ahead of him, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and the Ravens' Mark Andrews. Guard Ali Marpet is a guy that a lot of Buccaneers fans kind of like Levante Dave feel like he doesn't get enough love in the national media, not a lot of love from fan, from fan, from fan bases outside of Tampa. Uh, not in the top 10 in the initial update on fan Pro Bowl voting. So, uh, again, fans, get out there and click those buttons and, and send those tweets and, and vote for your favorite Buccaneers. Alex Kappa is fifth overall among NFC or among guards and first in the NFC among guards. Um, of course, a lot of that is being attributed to the fact that Alex Kappa's name is very high up in the uh, alphabetical order there. Just kind of funny that that would be something that would have such a big impact. And then, of course, you look at the, the duo of Devin White and Levante David with Almond sending out the update. Two, they, they are two of the top five vote-getters at inside linebacker for initial voting. Devin White leads all inside linebackers, while Levante David uh, is fifth among NFL and NFC linebackers, also behind Seattle's Bobby Wagner, Roquan Smith from the Bears, and and the Vikings, Eric Kendricks, who the Buccaneers will see here in just a couple weeks. Jason Pierre-Paul is fifth among outside linebackers, while Shaq Barrett comes in at seventh. And in the NFC, only Bears linebacker Khalil Mack and Dallas' linebacker Jalen Smith are ahead of Jason Pierre-Paul. Carlton Davis, cornerback, cracks the top ten, according to Greg Allman, in in Pro Bowl fan voting, ranking ninth among corners and fifth in the NFC, Marshawn Lattimore, Jair Alexander of the Green Bay Packers, Jalen Ramsey, and Patrick Peterson are some of the names ahead of him in NFC voting. And then rookie safety Antoine Winfield Jr. is second among NFC free safeties in the, in the first batch of voting, of voting, behind only Logan Ryan of the New York Giants, but is sixth overall among NFL safety. So uh, still time, and something that Greg Allman also pointed out on Twitter, fan voting only makes up one-third, so you still have another two-thirds of voting that has to get counted. So the race not over for the Buccaneers, but in, in some ways, and probably in Alex Kappa's uh, case, that's not a good thing. But in, in some other cases, like guys like Mike Evans, and if you want to see Chris Godwin in there, I know Chris has missed a lot of time with injury. Uh, Mike Evans is about to set uh, a career high anyway in scoring. We'll have to see if he can hit that 1,000-yard mark for a seventh straight season. But still time, Bucks fans. If you want to get out there, again, social media voting is opened up, so you can send out your tweets and your hashtags and your ats uh, and get them some more votes. You can still go to NFL.com and vote, of course. And, and get your voice heard as, as far as uh, who's going to make the Pro Bowl list. I know a lot of you out there agree with a lot of us out here that uh, all pro votes or all pro selections are definitely worth a lot more than Pro Bowl votes and Pro Bowl selections. But, hey, it's so part of the equation. And Ira Kaufman is still going to go up there every, you know, every year that he is allowed to do it. And he's in, a, he's in a jockeying campaign for Tampa Bay Buccaneers players to make it into the Hall of Fame and one more Pro Bowl uh, appearance or two or three even because you guys get out there and help vote could be all the difference, uh, and it could also not. So, I mean, uh, if, if it moves you, if it so moves you to spend your time voting for your favorite Buccaneers, by all means, go ahead and do so. But that is our latest Pro Bowl voting update, of course, again, courtesy and thanks to Greg Allman of The Athletic for sending out a lot of those updates. Coming up here, guys, like I said, we, we have another week of coverage to, uh, to provide to you before we dive in really into the Minnesota Vikings. We've got a couple of guests lined up 
here for the end of the week that I think hopefully you guys are going to find pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to having those conversations. So hopefully you guys are looking forward to hearing them. But coming up here in segment two, we're going to get into the more hot topic, hot button type items uh, going around in the Buccaneers Twitter sphere and social media landscape. The conversation is being had and we're going to do so thanks to sponsors like Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. And Echelon is a company that can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home with world-class instructors that will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Unlike some of their bigger competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members work out at the same time. Right now, you can try an Echelon Fitness piece of equipment at home for 30 days just by going to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Hot topics coming up, segment two at the Locked On Bucks podcast. All right, guys, moving into segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast on a Wednesday. Again, usually talking about the next opponent, but we've got a whole other week to do that. So we're going to save that for next Wednesday. Right now, we're going to catch up on some hot topics surrounding the Buccaneers landscapes coming from some of the media, coming from some of the Buccaneers fans out there in the social media landscape, letting their opinions and their thoughts known to the uh, reading and hearing public. And the first hot button topic, guys, I want to talk about is expectations. All right. And that's kind of what this entire season has really been about is what does everybody expect from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? If you're catching our crossover Thursday episodes that I have with a lot of the experts and hosts of the other NFL team shows on this network throughout the season, you know that one of my favorite questions to ask these, these people when I get them on the show, the first thing is I like to ask them when they heard about the news that Tom Brady was coming to Tampa, what did they think was going to happen? And then coming into the season, what did they expect to see from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And some people will say, look, they thought that, you know, the sky was the limit and, and the Buccaneers were about to become world beaters because Tom Brady's never had a roster with the names and the talent that they've had on it right now. Some people said that their their opinions were a little bit tempered and they really didn't think that it was going to be that good of a fit that they thought Bruce Bel- or Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were kind of that match and they really made each other go and that they thought there would be a lot of struggles separating the two. Some people just kind of had a middle-of-the-road attitude and said, look, Tom Brady's the GOAT. You know the name, you know the accomplishments, but we'll kind of see what happens and had a, a more of a wait-and-see type of atmosphere or an attitude about it. And I know that a lot of you guys out there, a lot of Bucks Nation, had some of those same mixed feelings. I mean, I know that some of our listeners specifically were mad. They wanted to see Jameis Winston come back. They think Jameis Winston has a whole lot of potential that was untapped, unfounded, undeveloped, underdeveloped. And to a certain extent, I agree. I still think that Jameis Winston, even though he's not playing in New Orleans, despite the fact that Drew Brees is out, uh, I still think that there's un- unrealized potential in Jameis that still has plenty of time to come out. I mean, this dude is still a very young quarterback. He's still got a decade plus to possibly come out. But then at the other, other, on the other side of the coin, you also kind of understand where the Buccaneers are coming from. Bruce Arians doesn't seem to be a head coach that's really got a whole lot of time for patience and development of a quarterback. Like Jameis Winston's got a decade plus probably ahead of him in his career if he can keep things rolling and kind of and keep his, rel- you know, his relative value to teams uh, still up there on the market. Bruce Arians doesn't have that much time. So looking at the situation you have, you have a very talented roster. You've got a very strong defense that finished the 2019 campaign very well. And you've got a group of young receivers, guys like Scotty Miller, guys like Ronald Jones at running back. OJ Howard is a young tight end. You have some younger weapons. You kind of figure you bring in some veteran leadership. You bring in some more talent to help them out a little bit, and you can possibly get something going. So that's exactly what they did. They went out and they got Tom Brady. And I mean, Jameis said it himself in an interview during the offseason 
That's almost like the most the ultimate compliment you can give to a quarterback is replacing him with the greatest of all time. Like that's what it took. Now, at the same time, we have reports and rumors and and all this stuff coming out that they also were looking at Teddy Bridgewater. If it wasn't Tom Brady, it's gonna be Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe that's a little bit less of a compliment. But the Carolina Panthers are pretty pretty happy uh, with Teddy Two Gloves at this point in time. And what I'm noticing from a lot of people is they either had the expectation that this was going to blow up in everybody's face, it was going to be a terrible move, and it was going to be incredibly unsuccessful. So every time the Buccaneers have struggles, every time the Buccaneers drop a game you know, in embarrassing fashion to the New Orleans Saints or lose a game against a team like the Chicago Bears that they should have beat, they kind of use that and say, see, see, I told you, I told you, I told you, and they kind of poke the bear a little bit. Or they had expectations on the other side of the spectrum, which was, oh, man, we got Tom Brady, we got Mike Evans, we got Chris Godwin, we got O.J. Howard, we got this defense. It's Super Bowl or bust, baby, and we're going all the way to Tampa for Super Bowl 55. And every time, again, you get one of those losses, especially to a playoff contender in a game that you feel like you probably should have been able to win, it's one more notch that kind of says maybe your expectations were wrong. And look, Bruce Arians said in his post-game press conference after the Kansas City Chiefs game, those expectations came from the outside in, right? Like nobody in one buck was coming up to the microphone are coming into the Zoom conference saying it's Super Bowl. Nobody was coming in saying we expect to play in the Super Bowl in February, in April, and probably not in December. Nobody's going to say it. No, Tom Brady never came to a podium and said we expect to play in the Super Bowl. Bruce Arians never did. Jason Light never did it. Now, of course, everybody's goal is to play in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, of course. Of course, your goal is to. You expect your guys to come in, work hard, and work towards achieving that goal. But that goal is in February. Right now, the first step of, of achieving that goal, honestly, guys, is making the playoffs. That's it. It doesn't matter if you're the one seed or you're the seven seed. If you're in the tournament, you have a chance of achieving your goal, of achieving your dream of winning a Super Bowl. And that's it. Whether you went 13-3 and three or you went 10-6 and, 10 and six and backed into the playoffs. And if you don't believe me, look at the wild card teams that have won the Super Bowl. Bruce Arians has a Super Bowl ring with a team that was a wild card. All right? So just because you enter the playoffs as a wild card doesn't mean you can't win the Super Bowl. Again, expectation management. Is this expected to be a playoff team? Absolutely. Do the Buccaneers expect to be a playoff team? I believe they do. Now, I can't remember off the top of my head if anybody ever came out on record and said, yes, this team will make the playoffs. That is our expectations. Okay? But if you expected a Super Bowl team in December, well, part of your problem is you're expecting something that can't exist. There are no Super Bowl teams in December. Okay? If you expected this thing to fail and for the Buccaneers to be playing or not playing football in January, be at home in January, you haven't reached your goal yet. And if you're a Buccaneers fan, I don't really know why that's something you would want to see. But from what I'm reading from some of some fans out there, that is exactly what some, some of the fans want to see for some reason. All right, next hot topic is play calling. And I'm going to be a little bit quicker about this one because we've kind of touched on it already. James talked about it more on Tuesday with a voicemail heavy episode. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of just go on the record here for your guys' sake just to let you know how I feel about it, okay? From a Todd Bowles defensive standpoint, I absolutely do not understand why you would ever in your right mind come out and say, we're going to man up Carlton Davis against Tyreek Hill, and we're going to do it on a consistent basis. Not just once or twice every 10 snaps or so, but we're going to do it two or three times, maybe even more if you go back and look at the tape, every 10 snaps. 30 or 40%, we're putting Carlton Davis, who runs a 4 5 six, 40, in in man-to-man situation with zero top coverage or minimal top coverage against a guy in Tyreek Hill who runs a 4-2-9-40. All right, it just doesn't make any sense. And Bruce Arians also came out and said that some of those throws that Pat Mahomes put on Tyreek Hill were just amazing throws, and there's nothing any defender could have done about it. And I do agree, but there are a couple of those throws, all right, that are situations that Carlton Davis should have never found himself in the first place. And I'm not going to put that on Carlton Davis. That's on Todd Bowles. However, when you lose a guy like Vita Vea, 
and you have a situation where you have a pass rush that is, yes, getting a lot of pressures, getting a lot of hits on the quarterback, but they're not getting all the sacks that you want to see them get, you have to do something to counter that fact. And you can either bring more pressure, right? So start blitzing seven, start blitzing eight, all right? And then hope that your, your secondary is going to hold up against, against that pass. But here's the problem. If you have three or four guys in coverage and that, and that quarterback completes that pass, you're probably in a position where you're giving up a huge play, if not a touchdown, all right? Or you can back off the pressure a little bit, mix up where the pressure's coming from. I know everybody hates seeing Shaquille Barrett drop in the pass coverage, but you can't just have them say, we know Shaq is coming every single snap because it makes it too simple. And I wish it wasn't that, okay? But that injury to Vitavea has been huge, I think, more, more so for the pass rush, obviously, than the run defense. But it's been huge. And I think that's what you're seeing. That's why you're seeing more zone coverage is because of the loss of Vitavea. Now, I'm not saying we didn't see zone coverage before the loss of Vita Vey, okay? I think you're seeing the predominance, the growth, the increase of zone coverage from this Buccaneers defense because of that loss. All right, finally, and then offensively, yeah, guys, look, we're all on the same page offensively, okay? And this is going to bleed into the final hot topic, which is the running game. All right, Ronald Jones is not getting used enough, nearly enough. The only time he got used enough is when they were forced to use him enough because Leonard Fournette was out, LaShawn McCoy was either out or banged up, and Keyshawn Vaughn was fumbling at about a 33% touch rate. All right, that's the only time Ronald Jones ever got used enough because the Buccaneers didn't have a choice. Byron Leftwich didn't have a choice. You can't pull the only running back you have healthy on the team off the field when you don't have anybody to replace him with. That's the only time we saw this running back getting used appropriately. We haven't seen it since, and it's as confusing to me as it is to you, as it is to Greg Allman, as it is to any Buccaneers watching person out there. Why is Rojo not getting involved? The answer is what well, the answer is always going to be. Leonard Fournette is our nickelback. So when we're in passing situations or we're in those situations, we're going to play Leonard Fournette. When you're down 17 nothing, that's where they go into those packages. That's why Leonard Fournette is in there. I don't agree with it. You don't agree with it. Bruce Arians said that Ronald Jones is absolutely a guy that needs to get 20 touches a game. I say that he needs to get 20 touches a game, whether you're up 17 nothing or you're down 17 nothing. That's my opinion. All right? We'll see what comes out of the bye. I'm hoping that those words coming out of Bruce Arians' mouth means that we are going to see Ronald Jones legitimately gets at least 9 to 11 touches against the Minnesota Vikings in the first half. That's what I'm hoping for. So those are some of the hot-button topics that I wanted to touch on in this episode. Again, just kind of touching. And these are, these are topics, guys, that we can go deeper and deeper into with every episode. And believe me, we will. Coming up tomorrow, I will be joined by Buccaneers.com staff writer Carmen Vitale. And we're going to talk about some of those very topics. We're going to get her opinion from inside the organization and what she thinks about some of those things. And we're going to do so on this show thanks to sponsors, again, like Built Bar. And the new and improved Built Bar that relaunched in August is even better than the previous version. They still have 12 original flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, which is my wife's favorite. And they have six new flavors that they introduced in August, like cookies and cream, which has easily become one of my favorites, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and more. Built Bars are healthy, and they will help you lose or maintain weight, whatever your diet goals are, while indulging in a delicious treat. They're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. To take advantage of this offer, if you haven't already, go to BuiltBar.com, use a promo code LOCKED, and you will get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED at BuiltBar.com for 20% off. One more topic to dive into before we get out of this episode. Coming up, segment three of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back now for a final segment here on Wednesday, the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82. And we've been talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, talking about Pro Bowl voting in the first segment, talked about some hot topic, 
some hot topic items uh, in the second segment, uh, expectations of play, standings, wins and losses, play calling, and, of course, the running game usage or lack thereof uh, when it comes to Rojo. And, guys, here in this third segment, we're going to talk about firing coaches because that's where we've gotten, right? And James talked about this a little bit on yesterday's episode because he got a voicemail that kind of sparked the conversation. But, look, I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on Facebook about firing coaches, all right, about firing Bruce Arians, firing Byron Lovewich, firing Todd Bowles because why? Because this team's not living up to your expectations. The person that posts the, the tweets or posts the Facebook comment saying fire this coaching staff it's because they're not living up to your expectations. Well, what are your expectations for them to be a playoff contender? They're seven and five. They're holding the sixth seed in the, in the NFC right now. They're playoff contenders. They've got four games coming up against teams with, with uh, losing records. The Buccaneers this season are undefeated against teams that have losing records when they play them. So in theory, this Buccaneers team, if they follow suit, will win the next four games. They'll be 11 and five, and they will be in the playoffs. Playoff expectations solved. If you're already looking at the Super Bowl, as an organization or as a team, you are not going to make it. I promise you that. I promise you that. All right? You look at teams that go undefeated. Every week, that team comes in with a, with a perfect record. They play a little bit tighter, a little bit tighter. You can see them in the press conferences get a little bit more tired, right? Because it's pressure. It's pressure, it's stress, and it builds. And the more you play and the more you win, the more it builds. And what happens? The team goes 13-0. and 0, They come out 13-1. and 1, You say, hey, how do you feel about getting your first loss in week 14 or week 15, depending on when your bye was? And what do they always say? Honestly, it feels good because now that pressure is gone and we can just focus on ball, right? Pressure is always mounting. If your team came in in August saying we are a Super Bowl contender, we expect to be in the Super Bowl, that pressure is going to be mounting and mounting and mounting throughout the entire season. That's why we want to fire these coaches because we expected them to play in the Super Bowl. It's December. Well, that's like saying you need to be at work at nine tomorrow, but if you ain't there by seven, I'm firing you. That doesn't make any sense, guys. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Do you expect them to beat teams like the Chicago Bears? Yes, of course you do. Do you expect them to, to compete against New Orleans Saints? Absolutely. All right. But nobody, nobody signed a contract. Nobody came out here and said, Tom Brady, you're signed for two years. X amount of dollars, and you will deliver an NFC South Division title in your first year. Sign right here. That wasn't signed. Again, going back to Bruce Arians, those expectations are external, not internal. So don't expect or ask for internal action to be based off of external expectations. All right, and I saw one person specifically on social media talking about coaches like Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Vrabel, Doug Peterson, Sean McVay, doing what Bruce Arians wasn't able to do, and that is turn losing franchises into winning franchises. Well, let's look at what Bruce Arians has done. Bruce Arians came in here, took over a team that wasn't even sniffing playoff competition, right? And turned them into a seven-win team that should have won eight, nine, ten games. And we all say that, right? The players were in perfect position to pull, to win eight, nine, ten games last year. We all agree on that. At least we used to. If we don't, then it's because people are changing their minds on history. All right? That's what we saw is a seven-win team last year finished the game with a pick six against the Atlanta Falcons, rode off in the sunset with nine losses, the first losing record Bruce Arians has ever finished with. Now this season, we've got four games left, and this team in the second season has already matched that win total. So we've already achieved the amount of winning that this team achieved in 2019 
with four games left to play. But that's not enough. Again, we want you to win a Super Bowl in December. It's not enough for some of us. They talk about Andy Reid. Listen, Andy Reid's the outlier. I'm going to tell you right now, Andy Reid is the outlier. All right? Andy Reid is not the norm, guys. If Andy Reid's grew on trees, then every team in the NFL will be picking 32nd in the draft. There would be no number one pick. Andy Reid's don't grow on trees. Everybody's looking for an Andy Reid. All right? Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan was used as an example as to why Bruce Arians' coaching job is unacceptable. Kyle Shanahan has two seasons with the San Francisco 49ers of less than seven wins. Kyle Shanahan in his fourth season with the San Francisco 49ers is probably going to miss the playoffs. Three out of four years, he's going to miss the playoffs. He had one Super Bowl year where that team caught lightning in a bottle. All right, and that's all it takes, guys. It just takes lightning in a bottle. That's why I keep telling you. Everybody is a Super Bowl contender if you make it to the playoffs. The Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, you're all Super Bowl contenders if you make it to the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan is, is an example I've literally seen used to why Bruce Arians should be fired. A coach that, is probably, that is, has two out of three losing seasons in his three years with the team and is probably, possibly, going to have three out of four losing seasons after taking his team to the Super Bowl. So you tell me, which coach is doing a better job or a worse job? The coach that obviously has a talent with Super Bowl talent or a roster with Super Bowl talent on it that can't win can't win more than more than half of his games in three out of four years, two out of three at least, maybe three out of four, or the guy who is showing improvement from year one to year two, very very simply because they have the exact same amount of wins in four fewer games played so far, and then you have the eighth, ninth, the tenth, maybe the eleventh. All right, so so miss me with the Kyle Shanahan. So I love Kyle Shanahan. Don't get me wrong, guys. I think that the 49ers would be crazy to fire him too, all right? But let's not pretend that Kyle Shanahan has done something that Bruce Arians hasn't or isn't doing. And if you're looking at me saying, well, look at all the injuries they've had. Look at all the injuries the Buccaneers have had. The Buccaneers have not fielded the same team more than two weeks in a row. And that's kind of, if you count, kind of, the Chicago Bears game where Mike Evans shouldn't have been playing. Scotty Miller shouldn't have been playing. But they had to. They had to field a team, right? So they had to put him out there, and they did. And those two guys went out there. They gutted it out. They were warriors for their team. They came out with a loss, and they should have won. They still should have won, all right? But those two guys on a normal week would have been inactive, but they weren't, all right? So if we're going to give Kyle Shanahan this buy of, well, there's injuries and there's all this, why aren't we giving it to Bruce Arians? Why aren't we letting Bruce Arians have the same buy when he's missing his starting left guard, Pro Bowl caliber interior offensive lineman for three straight games, loses the only good replacement he has in the second game, all right? Why aren't we giving him the same courtesy? Mike Vrabel. Listen, I love Mike Vrabel. He's an Ohio State Buckeye. He's a linebacker. I love his, I love his tenacity. I love his approach. The, the Tennessee Titans are playing one of the easiest schedules in the National Football League. They have a below 500 stack of opponents, all right? Last year, they backed into the playoffs. But Mike Vrabel is a reason Bruce Arians needs to be fired. Doug Peterson, are you kidding me? If you use Doug Peterson as an example of why Bruce Arians is an inept head coach, you need to stop talking about head coaches. I love all of you. I do. But if you are legitimately going to throw Doug Peterson into a conversation about why Bruce Arians isn't cutting the mustard with the Buccaneers, I need you to stop talking about coaching. All right, because Doug Peterson, yes, he's got a Super Bowl. I got it. He's got a Super Bowl. Congratulations. So does Bruce Arians. All right. Doug Peterson also has everything that's going on in Philadelphia right now. And no, it's not all his fault. It's not all anybody's fault, right? But let's not, let's not use, trust me, the Philadelphia Eagles 
are not going to – no Eagles fan is even going to use Doug Peterson as a reason to say that Bruce Arians isn't cutting the mustard, guys. Come on. Sean McVay, uh, another guy. Listen, Sean McVay, honestly, is an example of what can happen as a head coach. You're introducing your system to the world because nobody has seen it before. Nobody knows what to expect, so you can surprise everybody. Then everybody knew what to expect, and they they faltered. They fell. They didn't do well. They had to replace a lot of players. They were in cap hell. They're still a little bit in cap hell. All right, but I will give Sean McVay this this credit – that he's bounced back strong. His team has bounced back strong. And they're having a pretty decent campaign. But guys, the Los Angeles Rams are not world beaters either. They just lost to Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco 49ers who have two out of three seasons worth of losing records. All right, and they're not very happy about that, okay? The bottom line is, guys, and, and there have been a lot of people who talked about this, there are no dominant teams in the National Football Conference right now. Not the New Orleans Saints, not the Green Bay Packers, not the Seattle Seahawks, not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, none. But I think the New Orleans Saints are the best team in the NFC. After that, it's the Packers, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Bucks, And you're all together. And every single one of them could beat every single one of them any single week. All right, when you get to the playoffs, there are going to be no gimmies. There are going to be no guarantees, even for the New Orleans Saints. All right, whoever they play is going to be coming off a really good win against a really good team, and they're going to be riding high and confident. And the New Orleans Saints are not invulnerable either. I've never heard of an NFL team quitting at 7-5. and five in position to go to the playoffs. So don't expect it to happen for one. And I hope if you're saying it, you're just saying it out of anger and you don't actually mean it because it doesn't make any sense. Um, I will say this about the coach staff, though. Two heads are better than one, but three might be too many. Look, you got Bruce Arians in there talking offense. You got Tom Brady in there talking offense. You got Byron Leftwich in there talking offense. They need to cut one of the heads. Bruce either needs to step back and say, I'm going to run the organization. Byron and Tom, you run the offense. It's going to go through you. Or he needs to say, Byron, sit back and watch and learn while Tom and I put this thing together. Something needs to happen. One of those three guys needs to get cut out of the equation, and you can't cut the quarterback out of it because that's not going to work either. So those are my final thoughts on those topics, guys. Again, come back tomorrow. I'm going to have Buccaneers staff writer Carmen Vitale on the show with me to talk about some of these very topics as well. She's going to give us a little bit more of an inside uh, opinion. I'm going to do something a little bit fun with her. I'm going to go around social media, some of the takes I've already seen, some of them I'm going to find, and I'm going to drop those takes on her. I'm going to tell her to give me her opinion. Some of them going to be my takes. Some of them going to be your guys' takes from social media, from Twitter, from Facebook, uh, maybe even from some voicemails. Um, so I'm going to drop some of those takes on her and see how she feels about this team as they go through their bye week before they come back for week 14 against the Minnesota Vikings. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, wash your hands, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Lockdown. one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is having a versatile high quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet of them feels even better american giant puts the quality durability and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets and of course their legendary best hoodie ever so you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.